hard talk. Back on that small talk. Back on that big talk. I even put deodorant on. <laughs> really? Yeah, I did. It's disgusting. Just for the pod, too. You know? Because I was thinking I want to be, you know, a little bit more professional. So I'm smelling good today. You're smelling good. That's all I'm changing today, but. I did an experiment. What was A couple it? months ago where I went probably a month and a half without wearing deodorant. Oh, to see how many friends you lost? Yep. How many? Lost them all. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Every single one. No, it actually, like, after about a week, the, like, bad BO goes away. Yeah. And then it's, like, a manageable BO. Like, your body's adapting. Interesting. It's still stinky. Um, It it gets stinky the same way that you get stinky if you put yeah, BO on. Yeah. Or DO. <laughs> DO. Yeah, <laughs> spread BO. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And these are the secrets that Big Deodorant don't want you to know. Oh, my God. Yeah, we've been talking big everything today. Yeah. I went out with the boys for lunch, and we were re-educating people on the scam that the fire department has got going on. Oh, <laughs> bring it bring it up. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's talk about that. We were talking about their 2023 ski Centurion with the built-in Traeger on the back. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they have a ski boat. It's not even a rescue boat. Mm-hmm. It's a full-on yeah, ski, boat ski boat for fun. The boys go out, and they... <laughs> We were talking about it's funny how everything they have is branded. Yeah. So like they pull out the wakeboard or the wake surfboard and it's got like the Fairview Fire Department like <laughs> skin on it. Like they got the custom they got board. It wrapped. Yeah. The whole like so the ski boats wrapped in their crap. And um <laughs> we were just kinda educating people and it was funny because we had like a group of nine yeah. and it was me and who really knew about the conspiracy? Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It's not a conspiracy because it's fact. That's real. <laughs> it was me and Quentin, and then we were educating the rest of them. And by the end, you should have seen it. Like twenty-five minutes in, everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, I saw. Th- they're they're always at the firehouse sub. They're always there. They're getting freak on it. They grill <laughs> all day, all day." And then they, when they don't grill, they go out and get free food at almost every restaurant. Every or restaurant. discounted. And it started because right next to our little local coffee shop is the fire department. And the boys like headed out in their big ladder truck. And I was like, oh, they're off to their third lunch of the day. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> and then we went in. We went in because right before that, we were talking about Big Cone. This is a big topic that has not been talked about the people who make the cones and buy the cones let me ask let me ask you a question okay i'm okay can you drive around 10 minutes away without seeing a cone no there's gonna be a cone well not just a cone billions and trillions of cones the entire so a local road here that is it's not the o- it's not the only way into Raleigh from where we are, but it's one of the main ways. It's our main highway. It's well, I'm talking about Lake, our, Lake Wheeler. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's like kind of a side road, but it'll bring you to Raleigh. So it's it's pretty heavily trafficked for a two lane, and right now they're doing construction on the whole thing. So they've got <laughs> like the flagging companies out there flagging <laughs> yeah. the whole thing, and they're the whole thing has cones, and it's a cone every like five feet. Every five feet. You couldn't fit a car in between the cones. No, it's it's that's how about many cones every they're using. Length. And uh, so, so probably about two years ago, 
I went in deep on these cones because we we were go <laughs> we were driving down the interstate, and there's probably a row of twenty five thousand cones. <laughs> And I'm not talking the little skinny ones. Yeah, hey, the I'm pylons. talking the barrel yeah. cones. <laughs> and we looked it up, and they're about $160 per cone. Oh. And $160 times 30 trillion. <laughs> Someone's making so much money. So we looked today at lunch. I was like, what is going on with Big Cone? <laughs> they, were like, yeah, they were like, the two Google results. Of when you type in like cone like traffic cones. Yeah. It's two companies. And they have the exact word for word same motto in their bio. What? Yeah. They all say the like industry leaders in cone production. Both of them. Exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> and that's it's just where's the money going? And how are they being... I, I just don't understand. Where are they storing these cones? On the roads. Maybe that's the issue. <laughs> Maybe they, they have... They ran out of storage. They have too many cones, and they were like, oh, no. We, we have <laughs> we have 40,000 yeah. cones, and we can't store it in our little city storage facility, so we have to keep it on the roads. So that's why they're they, doing they all the construction. Everywhere. They're like, we need a reason to use these cones. That's everywhere. why they're doing so much construction. Yeah, yeah. They're not constructing for any reason except that they have too many cones. They have way too many cones. And uh, these cone businesses, it I think they're controlling the world. It goes, who's the owner of Anheuser-Busch? It's like Ultra or something. Ultra? Yeah, something. Who owns it? They're like the Chinese company. Yeah. And they own like everything. Uh -huh. It's like them and then Big Cone yeah. right above them. Yeah. I think Big Cone owns them. The cone industry is actually controlling I, U.S. We, politics. We just like we went in a little bit of a deep dive. And we can't even believe John Cone is <laughs> <laughs> is ruining the world. Talk about plastic! These people are like freaking out about bottles in the ocean. Yeah, when John Cone is populating a trillion acres of United States land with cones. With <laughs> Strictly bright. bright yellow cones, oh. barreled cones. That how do you get rid of them? I see you them. Don't. You know, you see them on the truck sometimes, where they spend like the first month of the construction mm -hmm. is just moving cones in, and you see them. There's one it guy is, hanging yeah. off the back of the truck, pulling a cone off, setting it down, pulling a cone <laughs> off, setting it down, pulling a cone off, setting it down, and they got the skinny cones, and they got the big the cones, big. and they got the little cones. Yeah, they got the tr <laughs> it, it's just such. A crazy thing. The big cone industry. Yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, my new tact for if I have to pull off the road on my motorcycle is to just go into the cones. And I didn't think about the fact that I don't ever have to wait. I just pull into the cones. Like, it's just a normal thing. Mm -hmm. Anytime I need to stop, I just pull into the cones, and that's where I stop. Because there's always cones. I think they're trying to get us used to cones. Like, they're just... <laughs> setting cones everywhere yeah so we get used to seeing them and so they can just make as many as they want and then the government puts them out 
and we don't bat an eye because we're like, oh, they're doing construction. Yeah, no, oh, there's just cones. cones. Yeah, I know cones. Yeah, there's, there's some. cones. And all of a sudden, our our park. <laughs> can you imagine? You go to Yellowstone, and it's just like a, <laughs> it's, all it's just a field, a barrel of <laughs> barrels of cones. They're farming the wild cones. <laughs> the the bison are just nibbling on the cones. And I noticed too <laughs> when I was looking at the cones the other day that bottoms, the black like rim that holds them up, is tractor trailer tires yeah so they're getting yeah. them for probably free actually probably somebody is paying them to come like recycle the, the yeah. tires uh-huh. and so they're getting money on top of that for the materials they're just and then they're just built they're making all this plastic and the whatever reflective i feel like <laughs> reflective plastic is more bad than regular oh 100 john cone he's ruling the world we were talking about um why 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 does the police department that we looked up like texas state highway patrol or something and it came up with a picture of this like beautiful like 45 foot fishing boat with like three 350 mercuries on the back <laughs> for a texas state it said like texas state patrol yeah. on the back. we're like what are they <laughs> using that for offshore really? fishing andrew we have this little town near us called andrew and they have this like airstrip <laughs> you know where the airstrip yeah. is and the <laughs> we we're joking about how they spent their yearly budget on their a10 warthog <laughs> and that's their takeout spot <laughs> and they like they patrol the lakes that way <laughs> 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 and um my buddy who works for the government, he goes and fills up the vehicles at like the government station where they fill up gas. Yeah. And he says, <laughs> last time he was there, it's in Johnson County, by the way. He works in Johnson okay. County, which is like, how many lakes are in Johnson County? Probably none. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, probably like, like, like maybe probably one and a half, maybe at most. <laughs> he said when they were, they were pulling up, they like saw it said like johnson county special forces <laughs> it was like three zodiacs <laughs> like where the frick are they zodiacing and when i think of zodiac i think of like the the big tubed like boats with yeah. the freaking minigun on the yeah, front yeah yeah <laughs> in johnson county it's like a rural north carolina county yeah, that makes no sense to have three special f- Johnson County special forces, bro. <laughs> like what? Zodiacs? That's the thing, right? A, a a private company that's successful hires the fewest amount of people and works the most efficiently as possible. A government agency that's <laughs> successful hires as many people as possible and spends as much as they can. Like the most successful agencies all have the highest budgets and they have the most people. It's the, yeah, the opposite yeah. of efficiency. It's the total opposite. And I'll touch on this last conspiracy real fast. Okay. Except the other ones weren't conspiracies. They're just fact. So <laughs> it's just facts. <laughs> Guys, it's just facts. But the last one was that Quinn brought up was a pretty good point that in 1978, the government made this uh, branch. It's an ABC branch. You know, it's a... A BS, unconstitutional, something protective agency. Oh, yeah. And we used to have lead in our paint. Uh-huh. And they banned lead. 
from our paint. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Quinn was making a case that they got rid of the lead in the paint so they could zone us with the 5G. Because bef- it blocks the 5G? Because the lead in the paint blocks the 5G. <laughs> it blocks radio waves and it, 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 it blocks like all waves from the outside. That's funny. And that makes sense. Because Eight. because now they know where we are. Even if our phone is on the inside, say you're in a leaded paint room. You're safe. You're, yeah, your phone couldn't get out. Yeah. And it could, nothing could get in. Yeah. And they don't know where you are. And your trachea is just closing. Just because. <laughs> but the article that I read about it was like, the article that I read was by the agency that banned the lead. And they were like, Anyone who says the lead is bad is lying. That's basically what what they even used lying in the ad. It was like fr- it was like kind of like ooh, this isn't very like intellectually wrote. Yeah, it was like they were like say they're lying, and he's like okay, okay. What? Whoever says lead is bad is lying. No, whoever says lead is good is lying. Oh, oh, oh okay. I was confused there because sorry, sorry, sorry. So anyone who said lead is good, they lied. Yeah, that's what the the article said, and it said right under it. It was like, it's by the, and then it has like the ABC agency or whatever. Whoever painted that and lead And it was wall. the Atlantic, too. It was by, it was like co-wrote by the Atlantic. What? The Atlantic is like the most BS yeah. news. Oh, you know, they also used to put lead in gasoline. That's yeah. why unleaded gasoline. And that only stopped, I think that stopped in like the 90s or maybe the 80s. In unleaded, why are they making such a big deal about unleaded gasoline? If they don't want us to, like, obviously they don't have our good will in mind. They don't have our health in mind. <laughs> unleaded gasoline was introduced in the 70s when health problems from lead became apparent, quote unquote, um, in the United States. Leaded gasoline for use in on-road vehicles was completely phased out as of January 1st, 1996. And they're, they're still, like, super adamant about being unleaded. Yeah. All the pumps say unleaded. But you know that, you know, you go and get those little snack boxes at uh, in the fishing section with those little lead sinkers? Mm-hmm. Those things are delicious, and I don't think there's really that big of a deal. It's like, what if I want to eat, you yeah. know, it's... It fills you up. It does, sure. and, it's, and it sits kind of heavy, but it's a good snack. <laughs> But those are just lead. Why do, why yeah, can we throw those? Lead. We can just like play with those and put them on our fishing line. And isn't lead one of the most like abundant resources on the planet? That I don't know, but it is PB on the periodic table, P-B. which stands for peanut butter, and it also stands for <laughs> perhaps barely, barely. You <laughs> <laughs> no, I that is interesting because we all just accept that. Lead is like so bad; it's like the devil. And Why is it bad? Thank you to the government for realizing that oh, and getting rid so of much. the lead. Thank you so much for banning all these companies. And it was funny; it was like the lead companies have been at war with the government about that ban <laughs> for like thirty years. <laughs> they're Get like the lead back in the paint. Uh, they're putting lead in everything. They're putting lead in gasoline. Yeah. They're putting lead in paint. And then all of a sudden, the government's like, "We don't like lead." Mm-hmm. Um. So you're going to have to stop making Which lead. doesn't make any sense. Lead is fine. I could drink lead and be fine. Yeah. I used to have this big chunk of lead. 
I had one of those little clocks that stood up. It was like round on the bottom and it had a big lead weight in the bottom. Yeah. So it would like just sit upright and it was like a little funny gimmicky clock. It was like a marketing clock. <laughs> and I just took that thing apart and got that chunk of lead out and I used to play with it. <laughs> I did. Just a lick on it. Oh, yeah. And it did taste good. <laughs> yeah, but w- w- we need to bring back Brack the Lid Market. Bing Brack Lead. Bing Bow. Put away cones. Cones, fire department, lead. I could go steal 30,000 cones and no one would notice. No. No one would. I used to want to steal cones. We have cones. one. We have one out here. Yeah. My dad stole. We have one at the at my parents' house too that <laughs> it just like they're they're everywhere. You just like if you want a big orange thing, they're yeah. out they're out there. They are. They, but we have no use for them really. No, it's stupid. Except you to get burn it, them. You get it and then you're like, "What? Well, now I have a cone here." Yep. I, there's cones everywhere and now I have to look at one at home? Hell no. Let me make one more closing statement about Go the ahead. fire department. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> about the fire department. I may have told this before, but I was riding my bicycle preparing for my triathlon, and I was riding down the road, and I went right by the fire department, and my seat was a little too high. So I pulled off the road into the fire department to adjust my seat. I was like, let me just check what's going on behind the fire department. So I rode the bike a little bit further behind the fire department, Two king size XL Traegers in a nice <laughs> coal broiler. That's that's uh, like, like there's no twenty five hundred dollars at least at least no more than that more than that one like, one of the Traegers is twenty five hundred bucks. There's no way they need these behind the fire. Also, cops were hanging out with them. What is going on? I was in the um. I used to um. Not really date, but a girl that I used to kind of, I was friends with, I guess. Um, her mom was a firefighter, but she didn't fight fires. She just kind of like went there and she was in charge, I guess. I don't know. I don't know enough about she what she did. She was the queef firefighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Commander in queef. Yeah. And she brought us, we went in there to get something from her mom one time and, and like all the guys came over and they're like, Hey, what's going on? And then they like high fived each other and went back upstairs. <laughs> Grabbed each other's nuts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Me! yeah. And they just went back upstairs and they were like, they climbed back up like, their oh, pole. The Xbox keeps freezing up, you know? <laughs> and they were like, you want a burger? Like, no, I just ate. They're like, oh, that's fun. A burger. Like, so did we. It's fresh bison. So it's hungry. Fresh bison. And then they got on the pole and slid up the pole. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't even like grab on. They just no, grabbed he just, it. And he just slid up the pole. <laughs> I'm not sure what was going on over there, but it was crazy. And I 100% agree with you <laughs> that they're uh, a strange yeah. use of resources. <laughs> and that's just fact. It's not a conspiracy, and if any firefighters would like to come on the show and and debate us about it, because I know they won't, because I've watched videos of a day in the life of a firefighter, and it looks like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so I know you won't come on, but if you want to, I'd be obliged. Oh, anybody could come on here. Anybody reaches out to us. We'd even we, we'd right build on. a little poll for you. Yeah, they can slide. Yeah, so you feel more at home. <laughs> we'll build a horizontal pole from the 
from the fire department <laughs> to here, and they can just slide along the pole. Yeah. You're coming in in such a hostile environment. We'll set up the trigger for you. We'll set up the Xbox. Don't freaking worry about it, guys. They can talk for three minutes, game for 15. Talk for three, game for 15. Take a little nap. Mm -hmm. There's Red Bulls in the fridge. Don't freaking worry about it. We'll have some chrome on the wall here so you can polish it. Don't worry. It'll say Pierce. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I bought my my racing mower from a firefighter. We went to the... (laughs) Where was it? I think it was Anger, the fire department. I don't remember, but I we just pulled up there, and he was like, "Hey, what's going on?" And they were like (laughs) polishing the fire truck. They're always and I was like, I was like, "Hey, man, like, what is like? Does it run?" He's like, "I don't know." And then he just lifted it into my trailer. Bizarre. Yeah, they're they're so bizarre. We always joke that the town I grew up in, which was Holly Springs, used to be like a small town. Yeah, and then it just exploded. And they started acquiring new vehicles in their or police department. <laughs> and they got like this crazy blacked out Tahoe. That is so illegal, by the way. Yeah. Blacked out, just you can't see anything on the inside. All the way around. Then yeah. they bought an M1 Abrams. <laughs> blacked out. <laughs> blacked out. You can see the shells behind the door. <laughs> there's, so, there's so many. I can't believe it. And then now Andrew's got the A10. Oh my god! They're doing like <laughs> ground-to-air missiles on the <laughs> in the smallest yeah. town in North Carolina. Yeah, they've got a <laughs> so they could take out the boats, the yeah. <laughs> the meth labs that are under the water. Yeah. <laughs> they've got the uh, infrared guided. Oh wow! Yeah, there's a lot going on, and then. So everybody's afraid of like AI taking over all these jobs, but there's so many jobs that people are just screwing up that we need to get some like the like what if firefighters was just like one AI that just dispatched like a drone to like come blow on the fire and get it out. Oh yeah, and you, you could, could for sure do that. Yeah. For sure. You just get the A10 with like the <laughs> the napalm. Yeah. <laughs> you know how they send the <laughs> the SUV firefighters, yeah. you know the, the freaking the queefs yeah. that have the uh, the trucks, yeah. and you have them go out start the fires, and mm-hmm. then they put out the fires. The the boys. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, we've looked this up before on the pod that there's a lot of cases of firefighters starting fires and then going <laughs> and putting them out. And it's like common. And now they have the A10, so they can just napalm it. Nobody sees them. When I was at. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I was at Village Green in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, a fire started in one of the apartment buildings, and it was the biggest fire I've ever seen in my life. That was it was a huge, huge fire. It, like all of a sudden, we were hearing sirens. I was looking out, out of the balcony. I see fire trucks in the like in the apartment complex. Like they're, I'm like something's going on. So I just walk outside, and I'm it's hot out there. I'm like why is it hot? And then I just see this fire and it's the building like two buildings over from the one that we're in but i'm it's big enough that i'm like do we need to leave like this is huge (laughs) and then there's i'm not kidding i think there was like 17 fire trucks (laughs) in the apartment (laughs) complex and there was like an an ambulance there was one vehicle that was just like 
emergency logistics, it said on the side of it or something like that. <laughs> and it was just full of water bottles for like people to drink. <laughs> Throwing the water bottles. Yeah. <laughs> and the firefighters, I'm not kidding. Like they got the fire out and everyone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our heroes. And then they continued to spray the building for five and a half hours. <laughs> And everybody's stuff got ruined. As soon as fire got, <laughs> put the fire out. They're like, all right, boys, get the guns. They all get our AR-15s. They just yeah. <laughs> I had to shoot the building until it crumbles. <laughs> That'll do it. I had to leave for work. I'm not kidding. It was like five hours after the fire went out. And I walk out, and my car's completely blocked by the logistics water vehicle. <laughs> and so I, I have to like I have to go to work. Yeah, I'm not just gonna sit there like a dumbass. So I, I go to like the closest truck with somebody just sitting in it, and I'm like, hey man, do you know who drives this thing? Because it's yeah. I need to leave. And he looked at me like he scowled at me like I can't believe you're interrupting this important Are job I'm enough? doing. <laughs> like the like the fire's been out for yeah, five yeah, hours, yeah. and he's like. We're busy putting this yeah, fire out. Yeah. Like I don't know what you're talking this about. This is kind of an emergency. This is D Day for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like it's finally happening. <laughs> this is our one day. Yeah. It's our one day in five years that we get a fire. And then some dude's all pissed and he puts he drives the thing five inches forward so I can get my car out. <laughs> like, dude. All the surrounding county fire departments are like, dang it! Yeah. Raleigh no. got it, really? No, they were there. <laughs> oh, everyone showed yeah, up. They were there. No, they were there. There was fire. There was <laughs> look out your a, window and like Holly Springs is fist fighting yeah, with Raleigh yeah, yeah. and Durham. It's like I'm not all kidding. I'm not kidding. There was like 300 firefighters on site, <laughs> and there's not that many in Raleigh. And they're chopping down the woods. <laughs> oh, they had axes and stuff. They were chopping down the. They were scaling the building, just like chopping it down. This is our fire. Get out of here. We've been waiting for this for 10 years. Oh, and <laughs> then there was another it. fire there, actually. There was another fire. There was another one at the same While building. I lived there, and I was just like, I'm moving. Moving out of here. Village green. Village red. <sighs> did, and it was red, and it was hot, and I left. And I haven't lived there since. That's unbelievable. I can't believe it. No, it's it's really strange. It. Sorry about that. Um, It was very... <laughs> it was, <laughs> It was just a strange thing to have happened because <laughs> I had so, I was like so happy that they got there and then I couldn't I really I mean I've said it already I can't believe how long they were there spraying the yeah. building. Also, that was a little bit before you probably knew the truth. Right? I didn't know the truth. Yeah. That was part of how I realized the truth, though. And everyone lived. No one got. No one died. There was a. There was like five cats, two dogs, and a bearded dragon and they all got out like nothing died because the the alarms were all going off like they were supposed to Mm -hmm. and everyone got out and then i can't believe how long they sprayed the building for after the fire went out (laughs) that's textbook probably used all the county's water yeah they they were hooked into every fire hydrant in the like three mile radius (laughs) oh and that uh that brings the fire department fact to a close it's just hilarious yes it does so adam came to us yesterday he did (laughs) i wanted (laughs) i wanted to touch on this not just for him but for every pretty much every one of my friends okay he came to us 
and he, he showed up pretty hot. Or at least when I when I got there, he was fired up. He was fired up, and he was very upset about his his physique. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Maybe this will be really funny to him. But you were saying that when he told me to take my shirt off, yeah, he's like, he's like, Gus, take your shirt off. Let he me did. see what you got going on. He's like, Gus, let me. You're big. Let yeah, me see your yeah, muscles. Yeah, he said, if he were to see anyone else say that, you'd be like, bro, that's so gay. That's so gay. That's yeah, if so Adam gay. saw anybody else do that, he'd be like, that guy's just so gay. <laughs> he needs to go. He's he's riding that dude's dick. He's got to stop. That. Adam's listening to this right now. He's yeah. like. Am I gay? He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. He turns he's like, his, that's not what I meant. He turns his sander off at work, and he's just sitting there thinking, <laughs> am I gay? And then he was upset with his physique, which his physique is nothing to be upset about. No, no. Not at all. And then he started pinching his little like skin. lower stomach skin. Yeah. And he was like so mad about it, and then he went on to like eating and stuff. Yeah. And- it just like I was on my run today. I was just thinking about that, and I was like, I was like, what even is a healthy diet? Okay. Because when I watch, say, like a six hundred pound life, the the doctor, <laughs> doctor now, gets him on a quote unquote healthy diet, uh-huh. but it's still it's not healthy in comparison to us. Okay. Say like he gets him on instead of. Six Big Macs a day. It's three Big Macs a day. <laughs> like that's that, and they always the fat people are always like, "Yeah, I've been I've been doing really well. I've been eating really well." It's like you're not. It's all like, it's sub, like no, you're not. It's subjective to people's body types and what they do. So myself, right now, I'm an intuitive eater. That's what I call myself. I'm not on any strict diet. I just watch what I eat. And if I think I need more of something, I'm going to add more. If I if feel like I need more carbs, then I'm going to add more carbs. If I feel like I need more fat, I'm going to add more fat. If I feel like I need protein at the moment, say after a workout or at the end of the day, I'm going to end up surplusing protein or something. I'm just intuitive about what I need to eat. And I can do that because of how much load that I take on. How much load do you take on and that you're already at a weight that's fine? Like, yeah. you don't need to lose weight. You don't really need to gain weight. You just can just trust your body. Mm-hmm. But if you need to lose weight, you you need to do a different thing, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, And what it's like, what is healthy to that person at that time? Yeah. Say if you're 300 pounds, you're like five, a man, 5 foot 10, 300 pounds. Like, what is healthy to you? Because a chicken broccoli rice is not sustainable it might be healthy but like what is healthier than you're eating is like healthy healthier than you're eating at that moment is that healthy to you is that healthy to like your body or is it the industry standard of health that's what i was wondering today and i was i think uh, i think it is like a momentum game where if you're eating really bad and then you start to eat a little bit, say you take out a donut in the morning or something like that, that is now healthier than when you're eating that donut. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're healthy, but it means you're healthier than if you had that donut. 
Yeah, like if you eat a donut every morning and then all of a sudden now you don't. Yeah. Say you replace that with eggs. Yeah. Then you're not eating healthy, you're eating healthier. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people that, say, are overweight or maybe are trying to, to work out or build or cut or whatever, I think they get healthier and not healthy. Yes. And that happens for myself. It's happened many times for myself where it's like, I went from like loving cereal in the morning. Mm-hmm. Me too. Loving cereal. And say, I would have a sandwich, a pretty nasty sandwich for lunch and then just intuitively eat into the evening. And I replace the cereal with eggs and all of a sudden my brain tells me I'm eating healthy. Yeah. Even though I'm still eating that nasty sandwich, I'm still eating the Cheez-Its in between meals. Yep. It's like, I'm not eating healthy, I'm eating healthier. And then there's uh, the the healthy is hard because it, it does depend on the body type. Because for me, I feel like what would be healthy would be a lot of carbs because of the load that I take on per day as far as exercising, being outdoors. And what would be healthy for me is carbs, a lot of carbs, good amount of fats, a ton of protein. Yeah. And for some people that are more sedentary, you take out the carbs, you take a little bit of the fats out, and you can leave the protein, but because that's always necessary. Yeah, you're not really going to eat too much protein. Yeah. But my point is that when people <laughs> when people do these diets and they take out little pieces of their diet and replace it with others, they're just they're not getting healthy, they're getting healthier than they once were. And it's not a good road to go down. I, I mean, it's it's better. It's way better. It's a first step, maybe. It's a first step. I get the issue with me is that when I try and eat healthy, the only I don't know as many healthy options. So I'll start operating on basically a deficit because on a calorie deficit because I'm eating less because I'm picking only healthy things and then I'm not eating enough. Yeah. That that also happens with me. It's like you, you say you replace your your great sandwich chips for lunch with a chicken breast and broccoli. It's not the same calorically. No. So to eat healthy, you would technically have to eat the. I mean, maintain your what you need in a day, yeah. your calories, and so you you have to eat a lot more when you eat healthy. Yeah, you have to eat so much. I, what I've been doing. I was eating a sandwich for lunch every day because I was like, I'm saving money. Like the first, the initial thing was I can make these sandwiches for so cheap and I can eat eat the sandwich every day and I'm, I'm not spending any money on fast food. So at first it was not a health thing as much as it was like just a monetary thing. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not really like feeling energetic after the sandwich and I'm, I'm feeling a little bit bogged down. And I actually just want to kind of rest but I have to go back to work. So instead, just recently we got the air fryer, which is, by the way, I can't believe I didn't have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's game, I put a chicken breast. I keep like, well, Bubs puts a couple chicken breasts in the refrigerator mm-hmm. a week. And they just, to me, they kind of just like magically appear they there. Like, they've got like a date and everything on them. Yeah. And, I, and I put... <laughs> I just take one out. I put it on a cutting board. I sprinkle a bunch of some whatever 
like pre-made seasoning mix mm-hmm. on them and i put them in the in the air fryer at 350 for 10 minutes and then in 10 minutes i have just a delicious chicken breast to eat mm-hmm. and it's and then i eat once i eat that then i'll try and find like some fruit or maybe like i do like peanut butter on an apple or something or i like just add more but the i feel so much better just eating even if i just eat a chicken breast which is not enough calories i don't think mm-hmm. but i i feel like i'm still almost hungry but i don't feel that like burning hunger mm-hmm. i just go back and my mind is going again yeah i can work it's it i've done that before where you just pop the chicken breast and the rice for lunch every single day but eventually that small caloric deficit catches you yeah and then that one day that you're just exhausted because you've been at a deficit for so long it's like you just freaking pound something else and then it's it's bad and also the thing with eating right now there's a lot of like hullabaloo that i'm finding out online about eating like you know you're scrolling through the youtube or whatever and there's so many videos, positive videos, making a case for, say, the carnivore diet. And then you you scroll a little farther, and then it's like, doctors own carnivore with science-based facts or whatever. And yeah. you watch the video, and you're like, yeah, I guess that makes a little bit of sense. But, you know, the people like the carnivore, whatever. Rogan does the carnivore, not to a T, but... They do it. Peterson does the carnivore too. All his family does that crap. Yeah, and he's like, I had autoimmune disease. Yeah, and I started eating just meat, and now I'm feeling really good. Yeah, and then and then, but people will die for the vegetarian diet, or people will die on the hill of veganism. It's like it's so subjective to your history, and just kind of what makes you feel good. And people, it's so polarizing. Because people are like, the carnivore diet is the only diet to do. It's it's the diet of our ancestors. I hear that a lot of, with, with that diet. And then the vegan diet is like, we're herbivores. We're made to eat plants type thing. And then it, it's just, we've come so far. And to pick a hill to die on as far as like eating is in my opinion, strange. And it definitely is so polarizing. Yeah. In the, the in that space. The strict diets to me, especially the vegan one, if you don't understand nutrition, which I'm going to say 98% of just your average American mm-hmm. doesn't understand nutrition. And when I say understand nutrition, I don't mean... Like, oh, yeah, I know broccoli's good and Big Mac is bad. That's not what I mean. I mean, (laughs) like, really thinking about, really having some kind of real understanding of what your body needs to run. The A lot of the vegans, I feel like, don't know that. And then they're just, like, cutting out all these important things. And I was looking it up. I was trying to find, there there was, and I don't, I didn't find it, but... I heard that there was an issue where vegan pregnant mothers are having like a l- extra cases of miscarriages because the baby just like doesn't have is enough nutrient deficient. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then I exactly. found, but what I did find is there's 
at least one case of a 18-month-old who died in 2019 because she was on a strict vegan diet. Jeez. And the mother went um, first-degree murder, aggravated child abuse, aggravated manslaughter, child abuse, and two counts of child neglect. That's the six charges she faces. She was convicted. See, that is interesting, though, because a lot of people can live, or I would say all people can live the ve- well vegan diet. It, the vegan right now is so processed, it's kind of gross. Yeah. But I feel like it would be hard to kill a baby on a vegan diet. Yeah. Because you can get what you need in. I mean, it's hard. It's hard as frick, especially with proteins, because... You don't get you don't get eggs, cheese, mm-hmm. animal. You don't get anything. You get like processed the goo. We were talking about the goo. <laughs> the goo. The goo. And um, the other thing is bioavailability, which yeah, uh huh. Which like certain, I mean, certain chemicals, nutrients, vitamins, minerals don't get absorbed by the human body the same way no like we have got a very specific way to absorb nutrients from food and it's made to absorb nutrients from food that we're designed to eat Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. if you eat something that you're not designed to eat it it better be designed for the human gut to actually get the nutrients from. yeah yeah. and i know that a lot of even like the protein powders They'll say, you know, it's got this many grams of protein. But if you actually kind of chemically break it down, you're like, well, those are technically proteins, but they probably like 2% of them are being absorbed by the human body. And so like a lot of these protein powders will say these crazy amounts of protein and you're not actually getting it. It's the same thing with like, you can get like a lot of the B vitamins from a lot of vegetables, but a steak that has the same B vitamins in it will just like way quicker absorb into your Mm -hmm. into your gut Mm -hmm. and it just yes you can get it but there's different levels of bioavailability in different foods Mm -hmm. yeah there's different factors in which it can be absorbed yeah yeah i hear what you're saying it's so interesting though and i've been i've been on the kick of the liquid iv (laughs) yeah and it is amazing once you start to realize like there's obviously a too far with it like too much salt it's hard for your body to process too much. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of electrolytes at a surplus hurts your body. I, potentially. I could be wrong, though. If you have a surplus of sodium that your body doesn't need, doesn't it just get whizzed out? Yeah, but but it has to, it has your to body filtered. has to process that. Yeah. So, so, yes, it doesn't build up, but your body, it's a tax on your mm-hmm. liver, I think, mm-hmm. right? And your kidneys, like all that, those filtering organs have to filter the rest of that stuff out. So mm-hmm. it's a tax mm-hmm. on your body. But like when you're sweating, like you've got those, you've got those uh, salt tabs. The salt they pills, yep. Uh-huh. And and we were <laughs> we were playing volleyball the other day, mm-hmm. and then we all we all took some of your salt pills, and we were mm-hmm. like ready to go again and we just kept sweating we actually that was the most i've ever sweat the most i've ever sweat too and and that's just like it proves what real hydration feels like because Uh your body is (laughs) at maximum efficiency to cool you down yeah when you're hot your body sweats to cool you down and i wasn't flushed and i wasn't 
too hot. I wasn't getting lightheaded, but I was dripping. Dripping. And that's what your body's supposed to do. That's what it's designed to do. So when you have the right hydration, it's, it's actually crazy how much your body sweats. And I drink, I drink one of those electrolyte drinks, one a day, unless, like some days when I'm riding, especially it's been like 95 out. So if I'm riding a lot on my motorcycle, I've got like I've got my jacket on and stuff, and it's so hot. And I'll get I'll, I'll there's like a feeling I've started to learn is like dehydration. I've started to kind of understand what that feels like, and you can just mm-hmm. dr- drink another one of those electrolyte drinks. My, I drink liquid IV, but it, those, there's so those many lives, and yep. you just you almost immediately start to feel like your mind gets a little clearer. You're like, okay, okay, I can think. Mm -hmm. Everything's going how it's supposed to be. And now they have the sugar-free ones, which (laughs) I'm very excited about. Yeah, it's cool. That's very cool. And then I got upset, too, about the um, orange juice. I didn't realize how much sugar was in it. Oh, did I ruin it for you? A little bit. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I love, I love a glass of I did not mean to ruin I don't, it. I don't drink like a huge glass of orange juice in the morning. It's pretty, it's usually pretty, it's not that small. It's enough that it's a <laughs> like, lot of sugar. It's like a 10 ounce. It's probably like a 10 ounce. And it's so much sugar. I can't believe it. <laughs> and I got, it, it's kind of sad. Sorry. No, it's okay. I, it's okay. I told him, I, I ruined it for him because I heard on a Rogan podcast one time from a nutritionist that drinking an eight ounce glass of orange juice is the equivalent to eating eight oranges as far as like sugar factor. But you don't get any of the fiber and yeah. all the other good stuff from the oranges. Yeah, you don't get the natural the natural stuff from it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like sad. It went to your head. <laughs> so sad. Oh, and um, oh yeah, I was thinking about it on my run today, what I'm actually doing as far as working out these days. I think I really started going in the gym at the beginning of COVID. When everything shut down. Yeah. Was it 2019? Was it 2020? Um, yeah. Yeah, it was like... It was like right at the end March. of 2019 yeah. area. And I had been going to the gym like on and off, you know, just like dilly-dallying not really knowing what i I was doing Uh up until covid happened are the only gym open was gold's gym and there was almost no one there and it was really cool because i would go with my friends (laughs) just hang out uh during the lockdown there and then i finally like really got into lifting and i was seeing some crazy progress through the pandemic and then after that all happened you know everyone started coming back into the gym and it was really crowded in there. So I, I left and went back to my mom's gym. But up until that point, I was going really hard into the strength slash bodybuilding type training. Yeah. And uh, really wasn't doing a lot of cardio at all. I would do cardio to warm up. And that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And Just resistance training. Resistance training, yeah. 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 And then I found this one guy on YouTube. His name's Nick Bear. Have you have you heard of him? I haven't. He's like he's like a fitness guy. He was doing I think I saw his first video. It was like a marathon. It was a sub 3-hour marathon. And it made me like he made this crazy documentary about it. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. I 
definitely tell everyone to go watch it because it's very like it's pretty inspiring i guess because he was doing the same thing i was doing where he was coming from bodybuilding he's a lot bigger than i am yeah. <laughs> but he was doing like heavy bodybuilding he was an army ranger and then he converted over to running and he did this sub three-hour marathon which is crazy by the way that's that's yeah, like elite that's, that's i mean elite time is like 204 like 209 yeah but for the average joe that's not competing sub three hours like really 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 fast yeah that's an average of 640 miles holy crap for 26.2 miles that's, i don't really think i can even run that, that <laughs> yeah yeah one mile it's it's an incredible feat and it got me inspired because it was like what he was going through it was like so hard the dude gets up at five in the morning every day goes and trains like marathon training is a different beast because you got to be out there for you know two three hours almost like every day yeah it's it's kind of crazy so it got me a little bit inspired and i started jogging and i started running and i started running for a while and then kind of quit and then this past in this past like nine months is has been really really good with running i finally learned the science of running which i'm not going to explain here because i don't really know it that well i know it for myself mm-hmm. well but i don't I, I wouldn't be comfortable like telling people about the science of it uh, of how you like your body functions on aerobic training and you know thresholds and all that different days and um and anyway so i started running a lot recently and i noticed like i thought my body composition would change a lot and it really hasn't yeah and it was really shy i was like oh i'm gonna lose all this weight i'm gonna get like skinny and i lost 10 pounds initially i was 185 and i went down to 175 and i stopped and that was it and then my body composition just started to change Mm -hmm. my top half started to get a little bit smaller and my legs started to get a little bit, they were bigger, but they're a little bit more dense now. Yeah. Just from all the training. And so what this guy, Nick Barrow, was doing, which I was kind of following him in a way, he called it the the hybrid build, which is strength training and running. And it seems pretty natural, honestly. It seems natural, and but not many people do it. You You find a lane like, like when you think of runners, you see like the super yeah, skinny people. They yeah. just run all day, all uh-huh. night, and they're not. They don't have much of muscle on them. I mean, they're they're like so skin and bone. Yeah, but they're elite. You have to be that way to like get really good at running. But what I was coming to is the difference between health span and lifespan with this hybrid type training and i got really interested in it when i was hearing about let me just break down what lifespan is how long you have until you die okay health span is how long you have until you become unhealthy or diseased okay yeah so like if you're in a like home yeah exactly you've used up your health your health span is gone yeah and the closer you bring your health span and your lifespan together, the healthier you are. I buy that, yeah. And science, not even science, but just like 
the people that do the hybrid stuff have kind of proved that that's where you want to be as far as health span. And it brings the health span and the, and the lifespan kind of together with this hybrid stuff. The, the strength training with the running. And with the hybrid, it is all kind of, it naturally makes you a lot fitter as far as like body composition. Your calves are going to get big. Your legs are going to get big. Your, I mean, everything's going to be defined. You're going to look, you're going to look good. You're going to feel really good. And you're going to be able to intuitively eat like I do <laughs> and not like gain a bunch of weight because yeah. of the like performance factors because say today i went to the gym had a great lift 30 minutes 35 minutes great lift went immediately outside ran you know three miles that's like that's a hybrid workout right there you don't have to do that but then it's like today i mean as long as you eat yeah what you feel like eating it's not like you're gonna overeat and it's not like you're going to like you've burned enough calories today and you've worked enough that it's not you're not really at risk for eating or like overeating exactly eat like horrible stuff so yeah the goal is to bring the health span and the lifespan together and i think the hybrid way is the way to do it because if you don't go crazy with running you're not going to hurt yourself if you don't go crazy with weight training you're not going to uh, hurt yourself but both contribute so much to lifespan because the more muscle density you have in your legs throughout your life the scientifically the longer you live because the stronger your legs are that's your foundation of your body yeah you notice like a lot of elderly people i think it's like the sixth most killer of elderly people is them falling because their bone density is so low because their bone density is low and they can't keep themselves up yeah that's just how it works but you look at some of these people who are triathletes that are in their 80s and they're still running exactly and the the cardio i i i mean i won't even go into it but the cardio benefits the benefits of having healthy lungs and your respiratory system pumping blood quicker to everywhere i mean you just can't you can't say enough yeah for having a good cardio system that's point number two. So we got freaking diet kind of out of the way. <laughs> yeah. We touched a little bit on diet and then just a little bit on the hybrid build, which I think everybody should doing. And I'm not talking about CrossFit. I'm talking about, <laughs> say, strength slash body, even bodybuilding training. Mm-hmm. Like touching a a very small piece of your muscle but like really isolating it, really isolating one muscle is, I think is amazing. It feels amazing and you get results. CrossFit, it, I mean, it can, it can tear you up. It can tear you up fast, especially if you're supplementing it with more running. So I'm not talking about CrossFit. I'm talking about hybrid. And this, it's, I think it's the new wave. And so whenever people like Adam was like, oh, build, build me a, uh, a workout plan i was like are you comfortable with like say running in the morning and working out in the evening yeah. or it, and it's not going to be a lot or running one day and working out the next day mm-hmm. it's like it's going to change your body composition and if you want to grow all you have to do is eat mm-hmm. 
and he was talking about eating a ton of tuna, which almost has no calories. Yeah. It's a beautiful food. I love, I'm all for tuna. Yeah. It's got omega-3s. It's got just a lot of, it's got the fish oil, fatty ass. It's got everything. I mean, fresh tuna, at least. The canned tuna is so-so. Yeah. Like we were talking about. But I think with Adam, (laughs) he just needs, he needs to eat more density and I wouldn't even say less healthy, but he just needs to eat more. Because he's talking, he's like, I'm eating so much tuna. And yeah, I'm like, you're probably yeah, yeah. not getting the amount of calories you need to even build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be good for you. It might be good for your muscle recovery. But there's no shot you're going to build any muscle by just eating, like, protein. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm catching my fish and eating it. I'm like, well, even eat some, like, noodles or something. Yeah, <laughs> something. Like, maybe, maybe some noodles. It's funny though because that is the that's what you think. If you don't look into it at all, that's what you think. You think I need to eat protein and I need to cut calories. Yeah. And I need to eat a lot of protein. Yeah. It's like you can eat a lot of protein, but that doesn't mean you're going to build and you're going to feel pretty terrible all the time if you're if you're maxing out on protein and not getting your carbs in, not getting your fats in because you still burn fats. Yeah. You burn fats. And and carbs are good because they make you feel good, and you you burn carbs fast. So, I mean, just look at a chart. It goes like normal nutrition, nutrition, protein, carb, fats. It's like you know you get you need like two hundred grams of protein. You need six hundred grams of carbs, and you need fifty grams of fat. Yeah, something like that. I like to do in the my breakfast lately. I've been trying to not do carbs. I've been doing like. Protein to start the day, and then not necessarily not carbs, but like not bread. I've been just trying to do not bread in the morning because mm-hmm. I know that it's probably not the worst thing, but I I like bread so much, and I get a bunch of it at lunch, <laughs> and I usually eat, and I usually eat a pretty early lunch. So, and I also, I mean, not really to pull you off track too much, but I was listening to. I think it's Dr. Sachin, Sachin Panda. He went on the Heberman Lab podcast mm-hmm. and he was talking about um, time, what is it? Time restricted eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead on this because this is a really good information. Yeah. And um, he was talking about how your circadian rhythm is really tied into your metabolism and your eating schedule. So. So he was saying really interesting stuff. Like if you wake up every morning and eat at 8 a.m. every mm-hmm. morning, um, your body starts to produce like everything, like bile and all the the digestive juices start to be produced and your salivary glands get going and, and you're like ready to eat physically at 8. And if you don't, it's fine, but you your body learns when you ate that day and it'll try and split the difference. So let's say you eat every day at 8, and then one day you eat at 10. The next day, your body's not going to be ready to eat at 8. It's going to be ready to eat at 9. Which is, when you explained that to me yesterday, that it like blew my mind that the body knows yeah. to do that, to the, split the difference. The other thing he was really kind of stressing, which I learned, not I, I didn't learn it last night, but I... It really cemented last night, which I'll get into, but is that peristalsic, peristalsic motion 
is basically like if you had a a tube, like if you had an intestine, like a human intestine with food in it, and you just grabbed it and slid your hand down it, which is like a gross thing to think about. Mm-hmm. That's what your muscles are constantly doing. The gravity doesn't feed your intestines. Muscles do. And it's this peristalsic motion was why you could eat upside down. Like your body pushes it's like a it's like a pump <laughs> oh yeah it's constantly i'm doing just it's the like most the udder. <laughs> it is i'm thinking about it and i'm probably doing the most yeah. just profane hand motion but it's it's that motion stops almost completely at night when you're sleeping so you can feel it so the food that is that you ate at 11 p.m just sits in your gut and it's not absorbing and it's not moving and it's just rotting in there like it truly is not how you're supposed to do it you're not supposed to eat right before bed because it it's just horrible for your body and then when your when your metabolism starts to wake up in the morning there's all this extra food in the pipes that's just like left over and it it's way when you when he gave the explanation of it, it made it feel really wrong. And last night we went and got cookout. And <laughs> yeah, we did. We did exactly what we're not I, supposed to do. I didn't sleep at almost at all last night, and and I think it was because of the cookout. I couldn't sleep. I was uncomfortable. I was rolling around. It's because my gut was full of nasty of hamburgers, nastiness, and yep. and it's not moving. And it's just uncomfortable and gas. There's so much gas that gets generated because there's bacteria <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah, and your body's like, why? What? I thought we closed. Yeah, we, like closed we closed a couple closed hours a while ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. And, no, this and is not supposed to be here. The time restricted eating is different than than like intermittent fasting. It's it's when do you let your body eat during the day? And the twelve hour window is supposed to be the every man window anybody from an infant to a hundred year old can eat in a 12 hour window which is pretty easy mm-hmm. that's like 8 a.m to 8 p.m that's super easy that's so easy yeah. and then 10 hours is like pretty healthy for you know your average healthy person and then you can start to close it more and more and then the benefits start to dwindle like it's not great to just mm-hmm. eat like if you do a two-hour like, window it's not you're not gonna like be healthier diminished returns yeah so but it's very important to think about that. Like, don't put anything else in your body when it's getting ready to shut down because it needs to finish its cycle. And then it, and then in the morning, if you try and eat at the same time every day, not only is your body going to be ready, but it's connected directly to how your body wakes you up. Mm-hmm. So your body will wake you up because it starts to the the your stomach starts to work and now all your gut starts to run again, and then all of a sudden you're waking up and you're getting ready to go eat food. And this uh, Dr. Panda says that he he wakes up at 6 a.m. and he eats at 8 a.m. That's his breakfast is at 8 a.m. And he drinks coffee after breakfast. I wish I could do that. It's a really good way to... I mean, it's probably... That's what he studies. He studies... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like he studies the... Uh, Intestines? It's the, it's the food the food brain connection that and also the uh, what's it called I've been saying it circadian rhythm circadian rhythm he he kind of studies how all that stuff is connected and they do a lot of mouse studies which the mice work a little bit different but it's it's pretty similar and it's very interesting like m- how you eat 
is important, but when you eat is super important. Mm-hmm. And that, and I'm like eating last night late. I want, I was so hungry cause I skipped dinner mm-hmm. and I looked at the time when it was like <laughs> Nate came and he was like, Hey, we're going to cook out. I was like, oh, I'm, so, I'm so hungry. I like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was so hungry and I was like, my instant gut reaction, no pun intended, was um, don't eat. You missed your window. Yeah. And then my, I couldn't help it and I ordered, I gave him my order and he went and got me food and I smashed it in like 30 <laughs> yeah, seconds. I did too. That was terrible. I was so hungry and and then I didn't sleep didn't sleep it i would have it like if i could go back in time i would have told myself like no you're you're much better off being hungry tonight you're gonna <laughs> sleep you're gonna sleep fine and then you're gonna have a good breakfast it's funny you say it because i saw this uh we saw this like fitness guru uh, we were just looking around on our phones earlier and um he had this bell curve like the start of the day when you wake up to the end of the day and it was like your brain strength like how strong your like resolve is yeah and it's like super strong super strong super strong and then right before you go to bed it's like <laughs> your resolve just like let's go yeah and then as soon as yeah you go to bed obviously you yeah, yeah. you can't do anything uh-huh, yeah but it's it's like that last two hours is like your worst moment oh like, and like, that's true like you're so mentally weak at that moment. I do this thing where, where like, especially on the weekends when I'm drinking and I don't, like, I pretty much just let myself drink however much I want on the weekends. Cause, yeah, I, you go hard. Yeah, or you go home. Yeah, <laughs> but I do this thing, and I know that alcohol restricts your inhibitions, but so does that like time, where it's it's like you're getting tired, you're starting to yawn, you're kind of moving towards bed. I'll grab a bed beer and just every time I grab a a bed beer, every time I grab a nightcap, it was the wrong idea. Every time. (laughs) It hasn't been one time. I've never gotten a night beer that I was happy about. Every time it put me, maybe it doesn't put me over the edge of feeling like, oh, I drank too much, but it always is too much. And I've started... I don't know why. It's not something that I've thought about hard. It's just, it might just be experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. I've started just going to grab that night beer, just like open the refrigerator and I go to grab it. And I'm holding it and then I like let go of it and close the fridge. And those nights Resolve. are way better. Resolve. But it's not, it's yeah, not like yeah. something that I'm trying to work on. It's like, I just thought about it a couple of times. I was like, every time I'm grabbing these night beers, they just, they're not good. They're not good. It's yeah. not like I'm, it's not like every day. It's it's like on the weekend. It's like it's Saturday night. I'm gonna wake up on Sunday. It doesn't matter when I wake up. But it just those those last like and night beers. Are yeah, not that's the good. thing when you when you lay in bed and you haven't considered the night beer, and then the night beer comes into your brain yeah, and you're like, yeah. I need yeah, that yeah. night beer. And it doesn't make sense because you it you're doesn't make go any to sleep. Sense. Yeah, you're about to go to sleep. And you're like, Why I do want, you want it. more I beer? Want it. I want it. And your it's brain so just tell it just keeps. It keeps freaking cycling. Because alcohol is one of those creepy ones where it only gives you that dopamine kick if you keep drinking. And yeah, the dopamine yeah. goes away as soon as you stop drinking. So it's it's not related to how drunk you are. It's related to how are you drinking at the moment. So as soon as you're sitting there drunk and dopamine has depleted, now you're just a fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Because you don't feel good. <laughs> yeah. You don't feel good anymore. Yeah, you and feel you're, terrible. And you're drunk. Yeah. So now you're just stupid. Yeah, and you're out of. You're just out of beer. <laughs> yeah. and you're like really. And you just you feel like you just got played. <laughs> like, are you serious? By a chemical. And if it was Nate, be like, I need another beer. Yeah, because then he or gets I'm the dopamine get hit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why we need to we need to get the uh, the Heineken Zero alcohol beers. So they trick yeah, they yeah, trick yeah. you yeah, into yeah. thinking you're drinking, and they taste like beer. Yeah, but they're not. I had one the other day. Adam Adam gets those. Oh really? If he wants to drink during the week, he gets that uh, NA beers. Uh, I, it's a good move. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a great move. I mean, and you think like, oh, why would I spend money on fake beer? But the amount of money we spend on seltzer water. Yeah, it's the same thing. A seltzer water, by the way, amazing way to not drink because mm-hmm. you feel oh, like yeah. you're drinking. You feel you have a cold can in your hand, and you're drinking something that's more entertaining and yeah. bubbly uh-huh. to drink. And it's besides like carbonated water being slightly more acidic than regular water, no health drawbacks. I mean, unless you have like GERD <laughs> or uh, <laughs> gastric reflux yeah, or whatever yeah, it's called, no. acid reflux. Acid reflux. Oh, that's funny. Um. So what have we done now? We've done. Diet, hybrid, sleep, basically. Yeah. Get your sleep, by the way. Yeah. Get your. You need. You need. It's different for every person, but eight hours is the gold standard. Yeah. And if you don't, you don't. <laughs> if you haven't been getting that sleep, then you don't know what it's like to have that sleep. And that was me when I was a, you know, sixteen years old, staying up till God knows what hour in the night and getting four or five hours of sleep. Yeah. You do that consistently. And you just live you in forget. that. You forget yeah. what it's like to sleep well. I didn't know for a long time, mm-hmm. and then and people would make fun of me, like my <laughs> friends and and Bubs would make fun of me. They were like, "No, like why do you think you feel like shit?" And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. "I don't know." And they're like, "How much yeah. sleep did you get?" And I'm like, four hours. That's a plenty." It- <laughs> and they were like, uh, "Like you're yeah, stupid," yeah. and I'm like. No, I'm not. It's and then weird. I now I'm got I've gotten used to it. And if I like today I didn't get enough sleep and I could I felt it all day. All day. It it's horrible. You, it's I mean, almost it, like being sick. You get yeah, you get a bad night of sleep and you have a gray day. Yeah. It does. Uh, it's like a hangover. It feels like it. It is. And it I understand when you're younger it's not as dramatic. Yeah. But still like when you live in a constant state of sleep deprivation, you don't know the effects of getting a good night's sleep. Oh yeah, you for you yeah. completely forget. It's the same thing as not working out, and you like forget yeah. what it feels like, to and like being do an that. alcoholic. Yes, it's like you forget it, what sober the, feels like. Yeah, exactly. It's like this. It's the same situation. I was drinking so much. Like my probably my junior and senior year of college. We were in the COVID lockdown, and I was just in college, so I was, I was just drinking a bunch, <laughs> like all the time, just drinking. And it wasn't I, I wasn't getting in trouble, and I wasn't like ruining relationships or anything. But I was just drinking too much. It was j- purely a health a health issue. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not an angry drunk or anything. I'm not. I don't cause problems. I don't drive. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's a health issue, and. I remember when I started dialing it down, which was not self-control. It was just a lot of it was moving into the house and everyone's being like, 
we're gonna be healthier now and i was like <laughs> okay which is so <laughs> funny four college kids move into their own house yeah and we're all like let's be healthy yeah <laughs> not we were like, not like let's go crazy no we were, <laughs> we're we out. moved into a house <laughs> yeah with no supervision and we all decided yeah this is gonna be the healthiest we've ever been and the house is always, it's always like clean yeah and like we have decent food in the pantry yeah it's it's hilarious it's the exact opposite of what it should be oh yeah and and i feel so much better i, I mean not drinking on the weekdays which i don't do every weekday but the the weeks especially the weeks where i'm really strict about it feels so good i feel so good i wake up so rejuvenated because i actually went to sleep when you're not drinking you you just go to sleep because you're like oh it's the end of the day yeah i'm gonna go to sleep feel tired yeah there's no like i want a beer yeah you don't <laughs> stay up like binging shows and doing weird stuff well <laughs> well <laughs> Well, some people in the house binge shows yeah. late into the night. Yeah. Um, the only thing, though, and binge books. If I'm drinking, <laughs> if I'm drinking beers, I'm not looking for sweets. Mm. If I don't drink, I'm going crazy for some sweets. For some I sweets. want some sweets so bad. I want everything delicious and sweet. And and it's <laughs> it's like weird because it's only on the nights that I don't drink. See, I go crazy. I'm not, I love sweets occasionally. Probably like once a week, I'll have some sweets, but mainly I go crazy for like pickles. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Like, like pickles and like, that's why I always have my salad at lunch, so I can yeah. sprinkle the throw the, pickle juice the all over vinegar. It. Yeah, I just yeah, throw yeah. vinegar on there. I just have like a crazy thing with vinegar. I don't know what it might be like, <laughs> salt deficient. Maybe <laughs> I guess I don't know. Oh, there's this also cool trick that I want to tell everybody about when when you start reading, I guess. When people start reading, I'm going to tell Nate about this because we're starting a little book club. You're invited, by the way. Oh, who? You. No, who? It's who's me, we? Ray, and Nate. Okay. Right now. Okay. We're doing a sci-fi the first time. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm in. Okay. So there's a cool trick that it was actually from Huberman. Huberman. Oh, that dude is smart, too. And... uh he said, like, oh, we live in such a distracted world that you need little tricks on your brain to be able to focus on things. And he demonstrated this trick where it's like you pick something on the wall. Like, say it's a painting or say it's a tree and you stare at it like you just have to stare at it. You can't, like, look away. You can't do any. You have to stare at it and you think about what it is. Say so you stare at a tree and you're like, the tree is green. The tree has branches. The, the the tree is going into the ground. And then maybe you think about the ground a little bit, but you're still looking at the tree. And you have to do it for two to three minutes. And then as soon as you're done, I was able to crack open a book and not even think about looking at my phone. Like a lot of the times, I, I'll be scrolling, and then I'm like, all right, time to stop scrolling, start reading. You put the phone down, and then you open the book, and you're attention is like elsewhere yeah, yeah, yeah. for a while i mean i maybe miss like 10 pages just because my attention is elsewhere mm -hmm. and this little trick really helps you like dial in on one exact thing which would be the book and it totally takes your brain away from like scatter mode into tunnel vision i feel like it probably takes you 
only a couple minutes to break out of the dopamine storm that we live in. Yeah. And that's probably yeah, what's exactly. happening. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> I will pick my phone. It's so frustrating because my brain is already so scattery. And then when I pick up, I'll pick up my phone to like check the calendar and I open Instagram and I'm like, what? I want to check the calendar. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like yeah. mad and I'm closing Instagram. Muscle memory. And, and I'm like, and then sometimes though, I'll get, I'll go to, and they design the apps for people like me. And they, which is probably <laughs> most people, but like Facebook, I only use Facebook for Facebook Marketplace. But when you open Facebook, every time it opens to the Facebook Reels thing. And one <laughs> on there will be so interesting that I click it. And I'll be scrolling on Facebook. And I don't even use Facebook. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I just came on here to check for deals. It's just for you. It's just it's for so you. It's so ridiculous. I'm going to go pee. Okay, I'll pee as well. Okay. That song, uh, it's called, I think it's Savior by Rise Against. Yeah, it's called Savior. If, you, if you're ever exercising or running... Savior, one. Savior by Rise Against. It's been in my head all day, and it is so good. And it's like right at 180 BPM, and it's just like it just freaking gets you going. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's how we started. We're back, baby. Oh yeah. By the way, we're back, and we peed, and we peed, and we're back. I want to ask you a question. Okay. What is the most common excuse? For people either giving up on what they want to do or just kind of phasing out. What would you say, like, the most common excuse? Like, say, example, gym. When people say, I'm going to start going to the gym, they go to the gym for three weeks, and then they kind of phase away. I... I was just thinking about this today from a completely different perspective, but like it was like the same question. So I want to answer your question first. Um, I think I don't think there is a common excuse. I don't think that's the issue, because I was thinking about this today. I was thinking about if I had a kid and they told me they wanted to accomplish something, what would I tell them? Because as, like, I don't have a kid, but I feel like if I have a kid, I need to figure out how to convince that little stupid kid how to accomplish what he said he wants to accomplish. And I think it's about, like, so many people, you you tell them, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this in a way. Like, for example, cars. I like cars. I like working on cars. Someone will come to me and they're like, hey, this isn't working with my car. And I'm like, why don't you fix it? And they're like, I can't. And as soon as they say they can't, they can't. That's your, but, yeah. but if they mm-hmm. just go do it, anybody can do it. I mean, look at some of the most successful people in the world. They just start working on something they don't know how to do. And eventually they're the best at it because they just keep working on it and they never say they can't. It's the same thing with the gym in a slightly different way. It's it's like complacency. It's like you have this motivation, which the motivation can only bring you so far. I think you brought this up before. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it becomes discipline. And if you if you can't have discipline for your goals, you're never going to accomplish them. 
and so if you say you want to accomplish something, you have to actually think about that and you have to, I don't think people even need to make an excuse. I think it's simpler than that. It's, they just lose the motivation. And then when they lose their little kick of motivation they got, they stop doing it. And I see myself doing that with so many things all the time. And no one can get away from that mm-hmm. because you can't focus 100% of your energy into everything you potentially have ever wanted to do. That's like some things you're just going to decide, oh, I'm not going to do that after you decided you were going to dedicate your life. I mean, like yeah. you dedicate uh-huh. your life to things when you're a kid and then you, you only do it for uh, two weeks. Like it's not necessarily a bad thing, but if it's something like your health or something you really do want to take seriously, it, it's it's beyond excuse. It's 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 more just you lose the motivation and you just feel guilt and you don't do it and you don't even know why. I don't even think you make <laughs> yeah. an excuse. Yeah. But if there was gonna be an excuse that you made. It it would be kind of, it's almost like a way of like engineering a way to make peace with your lack of motivation. It's like, it's just not, it doesn't fit into my schedule. To me, or, or yeah, it doesn't. That's exactly it. Yeah. It is to me, it's either time or energy. Yeah. I think that I thought of those on my run, my my most beautiful run. I had all these great ideas on. <laughs> yeah, I know. You had a good the, run today, though. I think the main excuse is time or energy. And you're talking about the the dopamine storm with the world being go, 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 now, now, now. Delayed gratification is very hard to come by. Yes. It's very hard to come by. And you're talking about uh, discipline, having the discipline, how... Even like David Goggins, for example, he says the he's a disciple of discipline. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that on my run today. <laughs> thinking of all of this on my run today, and to me, discipline is not a way of life or say religion. How Goggins phrases it, discipline is a tool for momentum. I think it's one of the best tools because you use discipline to get something. You use discipline to do something. And I was, because <laughs> I used to think, I was like, yeah, yeah, disciple of discipline, that, that makes sense. It is, it's like a religion. It's like a religion and it's like, I don't worship discipline, I just use discipline. It's like a tool that people have that they don't use. Exactly. Everybody has a tool. Yeah. Anyone can use discipline, but it's so easy not to. It's it's whether you want it's it's there. It's it's in you. It's whether you want to use it or not. Like people who lack discipline just lack the understanding of the tool that it is. And it is at the end of the day, it is just a tool. It's like a wrench that you would use to turn a bolt or anything. It's just something that you use to get something to work the way you want it to work. And I think momentum is is a big part of my game plan. And I talk about discipline a lot, but I use it. And sometimes I don't have it. Sometimes I feel like my tool is broken. Sometimes I feel like I don't have the discipline. But then I end up finding it because of the 
the foundation that I've built, which is a huge thing that people need to understand when they jump into something is you first have to build a foundation, whether it's working out, whether it's running, like I've said a lot, or whether it's business or school or anything. Like with math, you need a foundation of understanding how numbers work. It's, it's all the, I mean, it's all the same thing, but I feel like a lot of the times people have shaky foundations and they're not using the tool of discipline well enough. And then they make the excuse whether I don't have the time or I don't have the energy. And so I would say (laughs) I've spent the last like five years. I mean, like, like going in on building this like physical foundation and I've recently started my mental foundation like with with books or or things I'm interested in really diving deep on them but it takes a freaking long time and you just have to <laughs> write out the word delayed gratification yeah. the word the words you like put it on your mirror it's so important because I know everyone listening scrolls, 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 and you, whatever you want is at your door in two days. Amazon Prime, thank you. I think people need to understand that, that everything takes time, and I'm I'm lucky enough to have learned that. It it came to me today that I this whole time I've been working out, running, etc., that I've just been building a foundation. And now I feel like I do have a strong foundation where I can't like fall off. I can't like let myself down. I well, always you have a sunk cost now. Yeah. I've, you've spent all this. I've spent, you've dedicated hours to it. Now you have beyond motivation and anything you know, beyond dedication or motivation or even discipline, now you just have like almost like fear governing you where you're like, if I lose this thing I've been working for, but people who don't work out very often or haven't really gotten into their foundation don't have anything to lose. Exactly. So it's easier for them to just screw off and not work out. And and I'm not even saying build your... I mean, I, w- I definitely advocate for building a physical foundation because it does, in turn, build your mental foundation. Yeah. But whatever you're doing, you have to take the time to do it before you can take off and do whatever you want, basically. Even with work or, or now I'm learning with business, say I have a shaky foundation right now, and I understand that I do, and I'm trying very hard to build a rock solid foundation that can't be it can't be blown over in the wind. Yeah. And how and you do can, you, you build? You can't build on top of nothing. Yeah. And you build coming back to discipline as a tool, you build foundations with tools. Yeah. That's the whole thing is like you can't build a foundation without a proper mold. You can't have a proper mold without proper pieces of wood, proper cuts, proper hammers. And those are all tools to build your proper foundation. It's so important for people to understand that because I've seen so many people go, 
head first into something only to get like knocked down freaking we walk we watched rocky one not that long ago and it's like while i was watching i was like this is such a perfect metaphor for building a foundation or a metaphor for life is he goes 14 rounds just freaking taking it from apollo round 14 he gets knocked out and then he just gets back up yeah. and he fights and you know debatably wins mm-hmm. and obviously in the next movie he wins but, yeah. <laughs> but but that was just like such a good metaphor for building a foundation because it's never going to be super easy it's so incredibly difficult to get a rock solid foundation and it's funny because i think in your teenage years which i'm not even going to talk about before that because that doesn't even count really in your late teenage years you start to come into who you're gonna be and then in your 20s between your teenage years and your 20s like in that transition of like 18 19 20 at least for a lot of people i know you start to be like lost because you're like i have i have a lot of education because i was forced into it because i'm an american or whatever like most you know first world societies force kids into education which not necessarily mm-hmm. a bad thing because they're not going to choose it they a lot trick of times. kids into education which that's a it's whole, a whole different yeah, conversation a- but <laughs> so you've got this foundation of like you're not dumb but you have no experience and no wisdom and then you go into your 20s and you feel like all of a sudden you feel age for the first time ever in your 20s you feel like if you tweak your back it hurts for a week mm-hmm. a- and you you start to be like you know what do i do and then some people go into this thing where they're like well i got to just go head first into this and start working on myself and figuring this crap out cuz everything's so confusing and i don't know anything and then you have people who sit back and they're like I'm just going to coast. And in your 20s, it doesn't feel that different between those two people. And then you see people in their 30s. And the people in their 30s that are really working on themselves, which is probably, you know, a decent bit, are still working on themselves. And like not not like self-help kind of stuff, but just working on being better, learning, uh fitness, sleep, like all that stuff we were talking about today. Like people are still working on it into their thirties and then you get into your forties. And I feel like obviously I haven't been in my thirties or forties yet, but I've seen a lot of people and I've heard from a lot of people and I know the difference between somebody who's in their forties and is still living and who's just set something up that's good enough that they can coast and they don't have to really work out or eat or eat right or anything. And they're just like gaining weight and they're losing energy. And like a lot of people, I'm not going to say die in their forties, but they just give up at 40. I I feel like that's a really common age for people to just, that's it. Anything they've accomplished is going to have been before they were 40. And then there's those people who keep going and those people who keep going usually accomplish their great feats in life in their 50s. And, and it's like, like there's these people who are 
just massively smart, super successful, and they're in their 50s. And it's because they just, through all their 20s and 30s and 40s, were building, 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 building. And now they can, they have all this wealth of information. They're healthy. They're doing, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. And they're working on what they care about. And they're able to, I mean, they've got a financial foundation. They don't have to worry as much about what they're doing for money. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been, and it's not like all these people in their twenties are idolizing these people who got rich in three days, you Mm -hmm. know, who came out with some song that made them rich or came out with some book that made them rich or did something quick. They're an actor, they're a famous person, but the people who really are, are great minds have just been slowly building and it's not even they i feel like most of them weren't even trying to be famous or be wealthy or any of this it's like they're just constantly thinking about what they're doing and constantly trying to be good and improve and work for yourself and it just seems it seems simple but i i imagine since it's a path i've not been down yet i imagine it's hard oh it's hard it's just like the rocky movie <laughs> yeah it's just like rocky <laughs> one there are the the best businessmen in the world don't become the best businessmen until deep into their 50s mm-hmm. and the the people you hear about like warren buffett that dude wasn't yeah he, he wasn't, wasn't bawling at 30 he i mean he was learning at 30 he was building and I, I saw this kind of quote this morning. It was like, when you're 90 and you look back, what, like, stepping, for me right now, that thought crosses my head a lot where when I, yeah, when I'm 90 and I look back, am I going to thank myself? Or am I going to shun myself and said, you should have done that? Yeah. Am I going to resent myself for not believing in me and and going day after day? Or am I going to hate myself for just for like quitting on myself and going and doing things for other people? Yeah. Even like taking a job to work for someone else that's an example it's like if you have a great idea or you want to do something then freaking it's <laughs> the time is now to to build it's funny too because i mean i know that there's a lot of people who are in there's this weird paradoxical thing that happens where people who are born into poverty have a lot more trouble i have two things i want to get into but people who are born into poverty have a lot more trouble like doing whatever they want because they don't have as much financial freedom to do whatever they want. Yeah. And then there's these people born into like middle class or even upper, upper middle class who have this almost guilt about being there where they have like if they have an idea of something they want, there's like this cushion that they can sit on while they're diving headfirst into like building a business or learning something or doing this and they feel guilty about it. You know, and it's like, 
what about all these poor people who don't have that opportunity watching you throw it away? Yep. Like watching you throw this opportunity away, just why? Because you're guilty or because you don't want to or because you're mm-hmm. bored? And it, yeah, it's. And then the other yeah. thing that I, every time I run, I think about this. Um, struggle, a lot of times that's poverty. Poverty's like, in a way, this like tragic thing where it's like a beautiful tragedy where you're forced to struggle every day. So the people who make it out of poverty by being smart and using discipline and making it out of poverty, which is a task I hopefully never have to accomplish Mm -hmm. because I didn't start in poverty. So I have a a head start in that way. But what, what does that mean for me that I don't have to struggle no, it means that I have to induce struggle. Yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to chase the struggle. I have to figure out how to add struggle to my life mm-hmm. because you need struggle to build character, and you either get that naturally in life, which is a super double-edged sword because obviously you don't want to be born into poverty. You don't want to have to struggle every day. You want to make yourself struggle in a way where it's like, like even running sometimes. Like I get that thing where in my head I'm like, I want to give, I want to stop running, I want to start walking or whatever. It's just something so simple. Yeah. But I'm struggling for a while that day, and do I'm am I comparing that to poverty? No, but well, yes, I am. I am. I'm saying I'm not saying it's the same. Like it's not the same. Yeah, it's not deal with in your life. It's it's not not monetary to to run. (laughs) No, no. But it's but it's introducing struggle into like the human psyche is very important we're we're made to struggle we're made yeah we're made to work under some amount of stress and and if you're born into a situation where you don't have that naturally great you're ahead now figure out how to add that struggle in yeah yeah exactly because you still need it if you yeah. want to be successful but you now it's on you it's not on the world Yeah, rich i feel like say like rich kids they they have the know-how but they do get complacent and then impoverished people everybody knows at least in the business world all the freaking books are in the podcast everyone knows when you're broke you are the most dangerous when you have nothing to lose you are the most dangerous businessman yeah or go-getter the world has to offer because you have no choice. Yeah. You You're backed into a corner. You're backed into a corner. You're like a feral cat and all you can do is freaking get out. And that's what like <laughs> I've thought about that before. I was like, man, if I had the drive of like <laughs> like one of those super broke people yeah. just living in a shack, but I'm like, I'm so grateful to be in the position I am and to know that like to know that that exists and i i don't if i was put in that position i wouldn't want to be there and i know if i was in that position i wouldn't be cocky but i would i know i'd be like a dangerous guy yeah but and and so everyone wants to be careful about that discussion like no one wants to say what we just said because they feel guilty about using an advantage that you're born with but if you're born with an advantage and you don't use it 
like the people who are born like the kids who are born with so much money like their dad would buy them a business if they wanted to run it and how many of them actually go do that they're almost wor- not worthless and it's because sorry. <laughs> sorry it's because they're born without any struggle and so the only ones that that kind of get out of that and do something for themselves are the ones who put themselves in struggle and take advantage like you can take advantage of the situation you're born into and you don't have to feel guilty about it i feel like it's the opposite like you should feel guilty about it if you waste your advantage mm-hmm. oh, 100%. If you're born into this advantage you should feel guilty if you don't use it oh 100 percent. and it is partially on the the razors of the children however that might be if the dad's like that rich not to yeah. raise his own children yeah. but that struggle has to be it has to be learned and I, I can understand if the rich kid has never felt that, he would never think that that is there. And it seems uncomfortable. He's yeah. like, like, do I want to be in somewhere where I'm uncomfortable? No. You naturally avoid un- un- discomfort, but it breeds success. It does. It, it totally does. And just freaking working on the the foundation of success right now. Whether it be physical or mental, and everyone should know that they're working on it. Whether they know it or not, their day-to-day is going to impact that foundation 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line. Yep. And uh, another piece I got from that guy, Nick Bear. I listened to his podcast. He does like some self-help podcast or whatever. But he did a whole podcast on the phrase, the easy wrong versus the hard right. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty self-explanatory. It's when you know you should do something and you either take the easy out, you say, ah, I'll do it later. Or you do the hard right. I'll do it right now. And it it it, it doesn't work with like right now, right now. But yeah. you could say like there's a fork in the road. One, one is really flat and one is a mountain. Mm-hmm. It's like, but you know this one leads where you want to go. And it's hard, super hard. It's the hard right, yeah. which is the easy wrong. And every time, even when I'm landscaping and I'm like on the mower and I see trash in someone's yard, yeah, and I could easily just run it over and, <laughs> and, and blow it into a million and, pieces. And blow it in a million pieces, put it somewhere else. Yeah. It's like that phrase just keeps rattling around in my head. It's like, it's like hard right. Always. It's always like hard right. Hard right. But it's even getting up in the morning. I don't even know why. It just is in my head all the time. It's like hard right or easy wrong. It's something I think that is so... Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows that they need to work hard. And why? I don't know. But everybody has it in them. That they know they need to do Mm -hmm. that. And when you just freaking do it for one day or one week or one month or one year... You're so happy that you've been doing it, but if you don't do it, there's this just slag that builds up of you just over and over not doing what you want yourself to do. Whether it's getting up in the morning, making your breakfast, going to get changed for work, and seeing your unmade bed. Yeah. Like, I could easily leave this here. Yeah. Easily. And not not catch a sweat. But that phrase just rings around Mm -hmm. my head. It's like, hard right. Hard right. Yep. And I make the bed every morning. 
So I think everyone should know that phrase, hard right versus the easy wrong. And we've been going for like an hour and 45 now. So if there's anything else you'd like to say about this topic. No, that's my that's my closing statement right there. Hard right. Hard right. Choose the hard right every time. And the last thing I want to bring up, just completely out of left field, <laughs> is AI SpongeBob. <laughs> that's a that that's a good left field, I'll tell you what. I want to get into this because the AI stuff, everyone's been like, it's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad. But SpongeBob has been growing up with us. I mean, I, I grew up <laughs> watching SpongeBob and the memes. It, first, it was the memes. There were so many SpongeBob memes that they were just so funny because I, I've watched almost probably every SpongeBob episode ever yep. four times. So I just know the whole lore of spongebob so the yeah. memes hit so hard hit different, yeah. and now that they have the ai like i i'll pull up um so funny oh, you've got it teed up i got it teed up <laughs> i got um patrick singing stuff it's so funny <laughs> oh yeah yeah you showed me these the other night and i, I could not believe they were making me feel Patrick. <laughs> I don't know how they're making these, but I'm loving them. <laughs> oh, let's go Plankton. Oh, shoot. Love you. Let's do Mr. Krabs. Oh, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings, but I'm only trying to get at this one chance that things wrong. I can feel it. It's just it's upsetting. I'm really going to Oh, or something's about to happen. Ah, I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big talk. Enemy is bananas, as you say. I'm not taking any chances. You just watch my style. I'm killing the feel like a rapper. All my people from the front to the blender. It was too fast for Mr. Krabs. He couldn't keep up. I want to do the... Um, I got to be careful playing all this. Uh... Oh. <laughs> I want to do Squidward, um, ha ha, ha ha rap. So funny because he goes, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> Not the one I was thinking of. Oh 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 oh. I bet you can't clone me, Cody. Okay, but all right. So there's all these there's all these things, right? They're hilarious, and, <laughs> yeah. and it's just funny, and it's like covers of hilarious. other songs. There's this one guy called Boy What, B-O-I What, who is producing these like fantastic country songs, like on par with all of what's coming out of Nashville right now, <laughs> yeah. with the SpongeBob voice, <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> And the one that's completely out right now is called Just a Pineapple, and I'm just gonna pl- I'm just gonna play it. 
One studio session later. Spend my days in the jellyfish fields, trying to fish you off my mind. Spend my nights at the Gulagoon, experiencing the high tide. I feel like the man with glass bones and paper skin, and our heart so fragile. Cause without you, without you, this home's just a pineapple. I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready, ready, I'm ready. It's all. It's all the things he says. It's all these episodes. It is, yeah. Wow. It makes me like get chills. I'm getting chills, yeah. I'm trying to fish you off my mind. Do you remember when he's like, I'm the man with glass yeah. bones and paper skin? Like, yeah. everything. is. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Oh, and the other one, the uh, um, the Magic Con show one. I want to see if I can find it. It's, um... Dude, that was really... That, that was this better is just than a, a teaser. lot of this what's is, going on This right is now. just a teaser. It's, okay. it's the song, um, Cowgirls, um, by, uh, Morgan Wallen and Ernest. It's using that, but it's, it's Spongebob, and it's... It hasn't come out completely yet, but this is just the like the teaser for it. Let me see if I can start over. There's Sandy. Dude, that is so good. Wait, listen good. to the beginning. Listen to the beginning because it started in the middle. Not even Man Ray would put me kind of... Oh. oh my God. The Bomb Factory. Remember the Bomb Factory? Oh, yeah. It's so crazy because it's so like lore. It is. It's lore like, intensive. Yeah, it's like all of it is... Is like my childhood. I grew up with SpongeBob. It's like all these episodes I've seen, and and whoever this guy boy what is, he's putting all this stuff together, and it's it's not just he's not just using the AI to make the songs, which is crazy because it's totally a Morgan Wallen ripoff, by the way. But I'm not even saying ripoff in a bad way. It's Sponge. It's like if SpongeBob's growing up with us, and now he's got his country music thing going. It's so weird. I don't. I don't know why it. It's. It's been in my head. I've been listening to it on Spotify. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> you gotta like, send it to me because that's fire. It's so ridiculous. That is fire. This homes is like without her. This home is just a pineapple. That's ridiculous. Oh my god. That's ridiculous. But it's so good. And and this is the kind of stuff that people, like everyone's like, oh AI is just ripping a bunch of stuff off. But the amount, the like the new stuff <laughs> you can create. It's doing good. It's doing so good. It's so fun. <laughs> and on that note. I'm just gonna I'm gonna play the pot out. I'm just gonna play the pot out with it. One studio session late there. Spend my days in the jellyfish fields, trying to fish you off my mind. Spend my nights at the Gula Dome, experiencing the high tide. I feel like the man with glass bones and paper skin, and our heart so fragile. Cause without you, without you, this home. 
it's a pineapple. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready to pick up the shelf. Wanna get you back home. Say the word, I'll get the paddy wagon on the road. Only got five, 94 points to go. Ravioli, ravioli, swear to you, you'll be my one and only.